Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. Priscilla Anani struck gold big time. Her first feature, Children of the Mountain, premiered at this year's Tribeca Film Festival. It's the first time a Ghanaian film debuted at the prestigious New York event. She won the Best New Narrative Director Award. By the way, she also produced the film and wrote the screenplay. Some background. Priscilla was born in Ghana, but grew up in several other African countries, including Togo and Nigeria. The family moved frequently because her father taught sculpture-making at various universities along the coast. She came to the States in 2003 at the age of 19 to continue her education. Eight years later, she graduated from the University of North Carolina School of the Arts School of Filmmaking and went on to get her master's in corporate communications and public relations at NYU. In 2011, Priscilla started I-60 Productions, a Ghana-based film company. She makes matches for international producers looking to shoot their films, TV commercials, and other media projects in West Africa. But as I mentioned, she's also a filmmaker. A woman's empowerment advocate, Priscilla's interested in making movies that portray women of African descent in a positive light, as well as to explore the unique and undiscovered rich cultures of the continent. To that end, Children of the Mountain tells the story of Esuman, whose baby is born with a cleft palate, Down syndrome, and cerebral palsy. Ostracized by members of her community, Esuman's also rejected by her lover, who's convinced she suffers from a dirty womb. Abandoned and alone, she embarks on a journey to try and heal her son while figuring out how to make a future for them. Priscilla, welcome and thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Was forming your own Ghana-based production company always part of your plan? The fact that you go back and forth between Ghana and the U.S. must be challenging. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually exciting. I enjoy traveling back and forth. I mean, moving here, I knew I was going to go back home and do something. I wanted to. And um, the film industry is still growing, so I figured it would be a great place to, you know, start something different considering my background and my U.S. education and everything. So I've always written scripts that are set in Ghana. But you started out really in essence when you went back as a businesswoman. I did, yes. I was working on my scripts, but then I I was trying to figure out, okay, what can I start doing there? You know, and fortunately, uh, a friend of mine who lives in Denmark. He owns a production company. I had reached out to him to co-produce a film with me and to get some grants from Denmark. It didn't. It wasn't very successful, but he was working on a TV commercial, Faxbeer. And then he reached out to me and said, hey, Priscilla, we want to shoot in Africa. We're not sure where. And then I said, come together, come together, come together. (laughs) You also were the Ghana tourist minister. (laughs) Exactly. So I said, come together, I will help you out. Um, As a fixer, that's how we usually call it. Like, you know, somebody who would help you find locations and get you cast and pretty much permits and everything. But you were thinking this before I-60 Productions was born. When I started I-60 Productions. Which stands for what, by the way? uh, I'm a little spiritual Isaiah 60 
And it says, "I will arise and shine like the the sun." Oh, what a great thing! And it proved to be true. Yes, <laughs> great. Anyway, I interrupted you. So I I wanted to uh, I was applying for um, European Film Funds for a project that I was working on, and I need it was a requirement to have a production company uh-huh. in the country of origin. So I started I sixty in hopes that it will be the company that gets the finances and produce the film. I didn't get that, but then the company existed. I also registered it here as an LLC, and mm-hmm. then I registered it in Ghana as well. You know, so um, once my friend said, "Hey, we wanted to find a place," I said, "Come, I can file taxes and everything there. So come, and I'll help you." And we shot the commercial, and it was very successful. I made some M- money. <laughs> And I, I think that was a time my family said, "Ah, okay, you can actually make money from this whole film thing." Because initially they weren't very supportive of my my film career. They didn't understand, and even from the get go, when you went to the states and studied, yes, my mom wanted me to do something else, like something more normal, exactly. You know, that could guarantee. I was going to uh, say more with more reliability, <laughs> exactly. And so. Um, once I got out of film school, she encouraged me to go back to grad school and do something else. Hence the master's in corporate communications and public relations, right? <laughs> exactly. And since I graduated, I have not even used that to work. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how I went through grad school because the entire time I was focusing on rewriting my script, um, Children of the Mountain. Is that when you, is that when it was born in your head when you were in graduate school? Before graduate school. But then throughout graduate school, I was developing it and trying to raise money for it. So uh, in between that, I had like uh, four different internships. You know, I was trying to intern in for corporate communications and I was trying to do some film internships as well. You were I, all over the place. Yes. I, I don't know how I made that, but mm-hmm. I was I was able to graduate. And so I helped with a commercial and it was successful. And for some reason, since then, people started reaching out to me. Hey, I'm in Germany. I want to shoot a documentary in, in Ghana. Hey, I'm in the U.S. We're a production company. We're looking to shoot in Liberia, but obviously we cannot shoot there. Can we come to Ghana? And then I just... So them. what is it about Ghana? that lures international filmmakers as opposed to another African country? Well, a lot of people go to South Africa because they have tax incentives. They have a lot of production companies and equipment. Nobody really knows Ghana, but then Ghana is a peaceful country. I mean, people hear about Nigeria and they consider, I mean, they want to shoot there, but then once they learn more about it, I mean, there's been kidnapping. Sure. Boko Haram yes, and all of yes, that. Yes. So you don't want to go to Nigeria, you know, and Ghana has been a peaceful con- country since um, 1957 when Stable. we had our independence. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's everything there. I mean, we have 10 regions and you can find, apart from a Sahara desert, you can find every kind of vegetation there. You know, so it's a great place to shoot. And Is it inexpensive to shoot there once you get there? It's slightly expensive, but not too bad. I mean, if you still have the dollar, the euro, mm-hmm. you're getting a double of that. I mean, $1 million is like $4 million in wow. Ghana. So mm-hmm. you can still 
get a lot out of it. And people, I think most of my clients like the fact that I have an American education and I understand how filmmaking works in America and then I understand how it works you know, in Ghana too, so I can bring... And it's almost, I just wrote down this note to myself, you just sort of become Ghana's ambassador. (laughs) That is true. That is true. I just wish there was more, like, when I went to the Cannes Film Festival, I visited a lot of um, film commissions, like countries, film commissions. We don't even have a film commission in Ghana. Do you need it? I think it would encourage... More. More, Mm -hmm. yeah, and will be good for my business because people want to come, but then they realize, okay, well, there there are no tax incentives. What am I getting out of it? You know, so it's just me and my company and me trying to push my company. Are you the only one like you in Ghana? Uh, There are some fixes as well, but they're very small. I try to find clients. I chase clients. I reach out to production companies, but they just wait for a job to come. In the meantime, they're doing other things, you know, and of course I'm also doing other things, but I also sort of like try to run this business, you know, to find clients. So you run your business there (laughs) as well as here. As well as here. So how do you divide your year or it changes all the time? It just depends. It just depends. Yeah. If the job comes and I have to be there, I will go. The wind just blows me. <laughs> just takes Priscilla wherever. <laughs> and I like it. I mean, sometimes it feels like my life is one big vacation, you know, because whenever I'm in Ghana, people think I'm on vacation. They don't understand that I'm trying to, I'm working. Drum up business and working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love it. It's It's great. If you're just joining us, my guest today is Priscilla Anani, who happens to be a filmmaker and a businesswoman. Let's talk about your film. You're writing the script well before it's made. Mm -hmm. Where did that idea come from? And why don't you describe the plot of the movie? Children of a Mountain is basically a story about a woman who gives birth to a sick and deformed child. And everybody says, it's your fault because you're the mother, you know, and she goes on this journey this lonely journey to try to find cure for the child and people take advantage of her and nothing works out and in the end she decides to get rid of the baby because she was even encouraged to get rid of the baby in the first place and this is very common in many cultures in west africa there is this whole stigma surrounding birth defects You know, it's associated with being cursed, being evil, you know, so once So there are superstitions here about Absolutely. And as part of our history in the in the olden days, like twins, albinos, like deformed children were all left in the forest to die. Wow. You know? And so I thought, why not? You know, because I also um have an aunt who died when she was very young. And my mom told me stories about how their parent did everything in their power. They visited shamans, pastors, basically whoever claimed they could help. What was wrong with her? I'm not sure because they were in the village. And, you know, even as of now, um, healthcare is not like how it is in the West. So Mm. by then it was even worse. So they really had no idea um, what was wrong, but then... Because you're not really monitored during the course of your pregnancy. There are no sonograms, you know. E- exactly, exactly. And so, Esamon, your lead 
character in your movie. This is very contemporary? It is contemporary. So yes. not not a whole lot's changed. If you're in the city now, you, you can go to your prenatal, you know, checkups and it's good. But those in the remote areas, it's tougher. And then it's also lack of education because sometimes when the mothers feel like, oh, I'm, I'm okay, I'm not sick then they don't feel the need to go to hospitals. And in some areas, they have... No choice, do they? (laughs) They have no hospitals to go to. Well, I mean, there are hospitals, but you have to travel, Mm -hmm. you know, to get there. You know, that would be like uh, one clinic in your your area, and it's just a nurse that's there, you know, and maybe... Nobody, but the nurse will come every week or two weeks to come and give vaccines to like the children. You know, it's not, it's the best. It's inadequate healthcare, Mm -hmm. you -hmm. know. So at the end of the day, people make choices based on these and they decide, okay, well, I'm not going to make that journey. I'm not going to travel how many miles, like, you know. And I mean, when you think about it too, women have been given birth since like centuries like you know so they figured a midwife can take care of me like yeah we this is you know this is such a natural act what do we have to make a big deal about it exactly but the difference is even in the u.s like if you can decide to have your baby at home but then if there's if there are complications you can call 911 but that that's not the is it common and typical that esaman your character was not married would that have made a difference it is very common. Um, it wouldn't have made a difference because it's still a woman who is giving birth to a deformed child. A deformed mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in our cultures, and I think in a lot of cultures all over the world, women are often blamed for several things, some of which they have no control over. Only several, Priscilla? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so whether she was married or not, he mm-hmm. would have still said, well, I don't know where you went to find this take it back or I don't want to have anything to do with you. So you have this idea, you have your storyline. So take us through the process. You've worked on your script. You're really proud of it. Now, how did this film get made and where the money come from? (laughs) It was tough. So part of, I self-financed. My mother also helped me. I read she sold her house. She did. (laughs) (laughs) And the proceeds of that sale went into this movie. Absolutely. Pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, I kind of feel bad now. The more Like I... <laughs> she has no place to live. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, she's in the U.S. now and she's staying with me. But then, sure, she has no place to live in Ghana. And mm-hmm. now I think she understands and she's supporting. Like she, The last time she said, okay, I see you writing and writing. I want to read that. You know, at first she wasn't interested, but mm-hmm. now she's interested, which is great. I'm happy where it is now. So I got some grants as well. Mm -hmm. And it all added together and we started shooting. Was your crew all from Ghana? They were all from Ghana. But uh, except for my cinematographer, I went to um, film school with him at the University of North Carolina. He was the best in a class. So I always knew I was going (laughs) to tap him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, hey, Eli, uh, do you think you might want to come to Ghana with me? Before you say yes, let me tell you, we're not going to be in the city. We're going to go into the village as well. There are going to be mosquitoes and bugs, and it's going to be tough. And are are you sure you want to do that? Think about it all before you say yes. And he said, heck yeah, I want to do it. You know, and he came to Ghana with me. He loved it. He made a lot of friends and 
you know, um, the crew that we had, he trained some of them. On the first and second day, he said, okay, this is how you change your lens. Like, you know, obviously they knew, but then to do things the right way. like you know, With because, an expert. Exactly. And it all worked out perfectly. How'd you cast the movie? With the main character, Rukiat Masood, it took some time to find her. I met a lot of uh, Ghanaian actresses and I did have a casting call. And some of them, it was just... I mean, people knew them and they would recommend them. And some of them reached out to me, would meet over coffee, whatever. And I couldn't find who I was looking for. I needed somebody, a, a woman who looked very strong and beautiful, naturally beautiful, you know, because this was a character who was going to go through a lot. And, you know, I just needed a, a strong, beautiful woman. And so finally... Uh, I heard about Rukaya, and by then she was in Nigeria. And I said, well, if she's, I want to see her. Can she come? Can she fly to Ghana? And I got a yes. And so she came as soon as I saw her. So I she knew, was uh, an established actress. She's not really an established actress. Oh. She's, she was at the point where she was trying to find her way mm -hmm. around. But then she was getting little jobs here and there. And she was mainly in Nigeria because it's a bigger industry compared to Ghana. However, after this movie, now she's... Hot? <laughs> she is, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. She's getting a lot of jobs. And during the audition, she read it and she was... She cried. I was like, oh my goodness, okay, this... I'm feeling this lady. If she... Because she's feeling the script and I'm feeling her. She's the one. Mm -hmm. you know, and that was great. And then also the other supporting cast, like... And the, the guy who plays uh, the husband or the baby daddy and then the mother-in-law. I grew up watching the mother-in-law. She used to have a show called By the Fireside. And when I was like 12, 13 years, I was watching her. So I knew we call her Mami Dokno, which means Mami Kinke. Mami Kinke is a food. <laughs> it, it's such a weird name. Okay. But her real name is Grace Omabo. You know, so I said, I, I just knew... Auntie Grace was going to be perfect for the role. And then um, Asantua, the other lady who plays um, Isuman's best friend, I watched her when I was growing up too. So those were all easy. Now, Jessica was the biggest challenge. Um, I went to a lot of hospitals outside the, the city in the other regions because that's where you would find people like that, you know, with such conditions. And so I visited a couple of couple of hospitals and they would have clinics where there would be kids with deformities and cleft lips you know so I saw them I spoke to parents and that was also part of my research because I would speak to the mothers and I'll ask them questions you know but none of them was interested they they were some of them were ashamed I was gonna say that and yeah. some of them were just uncomfortable with the whole situation and they themselves did not really understand what was going on mm -hmm. so they didn't want to get involved in anything crazy like being in a film sure um so finally we had about the graft foundation and so what is the graft foundation it is a, a ghana based and funded foundation that provides uh, said free surgeries for children with deformities such as cleft lid cleft palate and they're actually in the city so it's funny we went to all the other oh, regions. So you went outside when you could just, it was right in your backyard. Exactly. Uh -huh. um, so they said, hey, yeah, we have a list. 
and we can try to find you a two-year-old because we I needed a two-year-old to have a condition. A boy. Yes. Yes. Um, but yes. Jessica was a girl. <laughs> yes. And that's didn't matter. Could, it didn't matter. matter. Yes. Because we figured we can make her look like a boy. Of course. So we I met with a mother and she said yes right away. And also because she came from the Volta region. I am also from the Volta region. So you connected. Ghana. Yes. We spoke the same dialect. Uh-huh. So I was able to convince her. And I told her that, well, we want to use the the film is also an awareness piece and, you know, to educate other mothers all over, you know. So she understood it and she said, okay. I had a bigger purpose. Yes. And she said, yes. And so now you have your baby. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> but then there were two babies. Right. Of course. You, yeah, I hear about a, that all the, the time. The baby yeah. and then the two-year-old. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. two-year-old, the other baby, it was tough. Because at the end of the the shoot, we we helped with the surgeries for Jessica got her surgery. Thanks to you. Well, a little bit because the surgery is free, but they still had to pay all the hospital bills. You know, like staying at the hospital and all of that. And I took care of all of that, mm-hmm. which was great. I was so happy to do it. I bet the other mother didn't want the surgery for her child, because remember, as I as I said, there is um some people believe that they're children as spirits or gods and they don't want to change that it's very well the superstitions yes. yes so she didn't want us to to touch her mm-hmm. her child uh, but i think she agreed to do it because she fig- because of course we paid yes you know so that was her reason you know and she even had a, a little boy who had a a wound on his leg and i said hey we'll take you to the hospital you know so my production manager took her and the little boy to the hospital. But when they got there, she changed her mind and said no. Wow. And that if they touch the, her son's leg, it's there's going to be a spiritual repercussion, you know. And sadly, um, just bef- before the festival, I asked my production manager to reach out to her to just check on her to see if they might be interested in coming to the premiere and all of that. And I was told that the leg wound had been infected and oh now they had to, to amputate, amputate. which is so sad. It was just a little wound. Because it that, could have been prevented. Exactly. Oh. But that's how bad it is. That's like the situation. You can't change that mindset. Yes. Oh, it, what a it shame. Is tough. Yeah. Once again, if you're just joining us, my guest is Priscilla Anani. Priscilla, how long did it take to make the movie? Five years in total. From what point? From writing it, it to shooting it. The shoot itself was just 19 days. You know, and then post-production took another two years because I started post-production in L.A. Meanwhile, I was in Ghana, New York, L.A. It was just so difficult and it was such a delayed process. And then finally I said, you know what, I need to get this done. I need to focus on it. And so I brought the project to New York. So the big question here is how did you get hooked up into Tribeca, which you must have thought you died and went to heaven, (laughs) right? (laughs) died and went to heaven <laughs> yes <laughs> so we had a cut and i thought okay this is a final picture cut you know and so i saw that um tribeca was coming up and i said okay you know what i'm just gonna try for this it's to my submit. hometown i'm gonna submit and see how it goes and that was in 2015 it, yes yes it was so but i wasn't even thinking about it because i wasn't happy with that cut Mm -hmm. so i didn't even trust that they would select it had the film been seen anywhere publicly no it hadn't so you're submitting this film 
And basically nobody's seen it. Yes, and it was still a work in progress. Uh Aha. Yeah. So I had no hope at all for it. And then I received an email and said, hey, is this still, can you tell us about your premiere status? Like what's going on with the film? Has it been shown anywhere? I was like, oh, maybe they're interested. Wow. Wow. (laughs) And that was it. Yeah. That's simple. Very simple, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I did a, a little research and I was told, well, sometimes you have to know programmers and do this and that and that. I didn't know anybody, you know. But then later on when I spoke to them, the first person who saw it said, when I saw it, I loved it. So the screening committee was basically on board. Well, obviously yes. on board. Yes. Now, in your wildest dreams, did you ever in a million years think that you were going to win Best New Narrative Director Award? No. I mean. Good grief, no. woman. <laughs> I had no idea uh, because I remember talking to the programmer, one of the programmers and asking, okay, well, which awards could I potentially win? And I don't remember what he said. But then later on, I asked him again and he said, oh, I think you you, you could be up for the, the audience award. And I said, okay, well, so... I started thinking, okay, how can we get people to vote for us? Mm-hmm. You know, but then we went to the award um, ceremony and then I remember I was running a little late and then I got a call that said, and um, the guy who was doing PR for my film said, where are you? Are you coming soon? I said, yeah, I'm I'll coming. I'll get there when I get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then uh, I think I was nominated for... Um, Another category, I I didn't get that. Because, I mean, I, that's been, before I made this film, I had submitted to um, film grants, like, you know, and I didn't get a lot of them. So I've gotten to the point where I still submit because, I mean, I have to try anyway. Of course. But then I'm never Doesn't positive. cost you anything. Yeah, I'm always like, oh, I don't think I'm going to get it. I've always had that, and I'm trying to change that now, you know. So I, I still said, oh, I don't think I'm going to get it. But then my name was mentioned, and I said, oh, my goodness. I I, I don't know. I was so overwhelmed. So surreal. Yeah. How fabulous. Yeah. So what has that whirlwind been like for you post-Tribeca? You must just be dancing as fast as you can. Dancing? Well, I am still dancing. <laughs> um, at this point, we're still working on selling the film. Mm-hmm. You know? For theatrical release? Theatrical um, mainly be art house theaters, art houses, not yeah. the big theaters. Has it been shown in Ghana? Not yet. We want to secure distribution first before we have a big premiere in Ghana. And Ghanaians are re- they're just waiting. I bet. You know. So you yeah. see that in the nearer future. Yes, it's gonna happen soon, hopefully. So what's up next for Priscilla and I sixty Productions? <sighs> Well, uh, a couple of things. For I-60 Productions, uh, a filmmaker reached out to me and said, hey, she lives in L.A. She's making a a very interesting project, and she wants me to be a producer Mm -hmm. on her project. And it's a great project, so I'm— You think uh, you're going to do this? Yes, Mm -hmm. I am going to do it. It's called May Cause Miracles, and— it's we're we're in the development stage right now and so i'm gonna do it i've already said yes Mm -hmm. to that and then for i have two scripts that you wrote that i wrote yes one is a co-production with the netherlands with france and uh denmark and while in Cannes, i was able to find some producers who were interested so we're working on that the other project is an american film to be shot here? Uh, 
<laughs> partially here and in Ghana. And I in told Ghana. you I always That's right, like that's <laughs> right, that's right. You divide yourself in half. Exactly. Uh-huh. So with that, I'm going to pitch to production companies here in the U.S. And um, at the moment, I'm putting together the package so that's what I'm doing. Sounds so exciting. <laughs> I, you have a lot on your plate, but it's but it, it must be exhilarating and all your hard work paid off and a five-year plan that you can sit back and say, here it is and yes. just revel in, in all great. of this. It's great. But it's still, I'm still a little worried because I don't want my next project to be another five years. It you know. could, but you've got some fingers and pies here, That's you know? True. You know, hopefully you, you can enjoy this. Yeah. That you can sit back and let it wash over that you. Is true. This has been just so interesting. <laughs> and I just wish you so much more continued success. Thank you so and much. And it sounds like Children of the Mountain it was such a labor of love. It was, yes. My first baby. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And hats off to mom. You yes. know? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. She's a great mom. Uh, always encouraging me and telling me to be positive and say, you can do it, you can do it. And you can, and you did, <laughs> yes. and you will. Yes. Thank you so much, <laughs> Priscilla. I really enjoyed me. meeting you. Thank you. Join us for another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. And if you know of a woman that you think we should meet and interview, contact us at sandykleinshow.com. Celebration of the joy